Rando banter, Larry and Duff. This week and next week, we're going to listen back to some entertaining clips from the first 32 episodes of the Rando Banter podcast. We'll be back with all new episodes and guests in May before our season finale in late May. After this year, one, season one, ends in late May, we'll be back again in September with all new episodes in season two. This week, we will focus on episodes that aired in 2022. These aren't meant to be the best clips, just very entertaining clips from some of the shows recorded in 2022. This first clip is of our first guest on the Rando Banter podcast. He's an Army veteran and served with Duff's late younger brother, Aaron Mastrurio. Justin Russell talks about his job and gives a tip about travel insurance that I don't think anybody wants to miss. Enjoy. Traveling, too. It sounds like you go everywhere. And I love to travel. And again, I want to be a pilot, right? So flying is a big part of what I love to do. So when I got out and I had this flight background, I just searched. I wanted to go back to Florida. I knew I wasn't going to do 20 years. It was never really the plan, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just searched flight paramedics in Tampa Bay and I found this company it was like fixed wing and you know you did it all around the Caribbean and all around the United States and uh, I did that and then I found this other company who does it all around the world and that's where I am right now and it's funny because I can talk to doctors or I can talk to PAs or (laughs) nurses and none of them even know this position existed just like I didn't (laughs) and sometimes we'll drop a patient off and they'll say hey where'd you get this patient and I'll say uh Portugal and they'll laugh and they'll say, ha ha, no, seriously, where did you bring this patient from? And I'll say Portugal. And um, they almost don't believe you. They're like, you did this from Portugal. And they're like, what, on the back of a helicopter? I'm like, no, back, yeah, a helicopter can't go from Portugal to Miami, Florida. <laughs> um, so we fly on a jet and it's like, a, the best way I describe it to people is just because it is so different. We take patients from point A to point B who anywhere from broken bone to can't fly commercially to... Um, the most of critical patients, you know, vegetables on the vent, sedated, uh, have to get somewhere. Or we take cancer patients to go get special treatment, right? Like sure. uh, we've taken patients from Ma- Ma- uh, Hawaii, Maui, because she had a very rare disease. And the only place that could treat her in the country was San Francisco. And um, her insurance paid for her to go back into Ford with appointments. And that was basically her commute to a hospital. Yeah. Um, so we take them from point A to point B for anything that they need or to get home. And um, that's essentially what it is. It's like a flying ICU is what I say. It's a crazy gig to have, huh? Yeah. Just go around the world. So they just, they'll send you, okay, it's Hawaii today. You get up, you fly, you go to Portugal. You yeah, exactly. You go to South America. Yep. You got to go to... Yeah, Damn. exactly. Jeez. Yeah, and it's a confusing schedule. Um, yeah, how, how does a schedule like that break down? Yeah. What the so hell? that's a, that, that's like the <laughs> toughest thing because I'm divorced now, but so trying to date with that, you know, everyone's like, I'm like, oh, guys, I... I know we had a date plan, but uh, you have so many early. outs. Yeah, <laughs> is it like an on-call thing? Or? Yeah, so it's actually um, three hundred and sixty-five days out of the year you're on call. Oh, but they give you sixty paid days off, and that breaks down to fifteen a quarter, and you can take them whenever you want. Um, so it's super, super great company. Um, and so I have anywhere from two hours to get to the airport and get on the plane. Mm-hmm. I get a two. That's my minimum call out is two hours. They cannot call me past 6 p.m. So we can have, you know, a drink or something like that to be able to live a normal life. And then they'll start again at 6 a.m. the next morning. But like if I go on a trip and I know 
you kind of know when you're going to fly because it's usually about a 24-hour notice that they say, hey, you're flying tomorrow, you're going here, here's the patient, right? Yeah. And you go and you take that mission. And then when you're on that mission, you'll get told, hey, there's a backhaul back to um, – so if you're in Portugal and you took a patient to Germany, they'll say, hey, either stay in Germany, we have a patient that's going from Germany to the States, or reposition to England and we're going to have you take a patient to Boston and then you'll take that patient to Boston. And then they'll be like, hey, we have another patient that's going back to Europe in Jersey, so just reposition to Jersey. So when you're out, you don't know when you're going to come home. But the best part is, like, if you work seven straight days, I mean, you know you're at the end of the rotation coming up. So you have a few days off. But, you know, flying is the funnest part. Um, But like I said, in June, I worked two days, you know. So you have your slow months, but you get paid, you know, the whole time. You get paid to be on call and everything like that. So you're not stressing. Why would people be moving... From Germany to the U.S. Like, Great question. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, so let's say Duff, and I don't want to put this juju on Duff, but let's say Duff goes to vacation in Germany, and Duff has a stroke. And Duff's been there poor now. Duff. Yeah, poor Duff. But Duff's been there now. Oktoberfest is pretty rough over there. So. Well, <laughs> no, but seriously, that's exactly stuff that it is. Okay. Duff has a stroke. A lot of our patients are strokes. Duff has a stroke. He can no longer fly home on the flight that he was going to take commercially. Um, he has left-sided weakness. Um, he just he can't do it anymore, right? So he needs to be on a stretcher. He needs to be on some oxygen. Or maybe he needs to be intubated, right? It's just a variety of things. And you're not going to live out in Germany, no, you know? No, So you have to get home back to the States. Okay. Or you're in Jamaica, and they don't have the treatment Okay. To treat a stroke. So this is usually U.S. citizens that you're basically recovering. Yeah, but I've also taken people from Jamaica to England that were English. Okay. Um, really, I think there's other companies that do it around the world. The biggest other country, which is really a continent that I know that does it because they do it like continent-wide, is Africa, and it's called Doctors That Fly or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we'll meet them. They'll take patients out of Africa, and then we'll meet them in Europe, and then we take them the rest of the way. Because it's actually a government thing. It's government funded in Africa. Okay, so that, that leads me to my next question. This sounds very expensive. How much, if you're an American citizen? I'm so happy you asked that question. How much I want to get insurance covering? I want this PSA to be out there. <laughs> the flight insurance that we all deny because we think it's just for canceled flights will cover up to $500,000 of medical expenses. Oh, really? Generally, yeah. Or there is a company that we get a lot of flights from that you pay $500 a year for you and your whole family, that's it, one $500 payment, and they will pay as much money as it takes to get you back home. So if you travel over 150 miles, so if you travel to Tallahassee and you get hurt in Tallahassee, they will find a way to get you back to Tampa, and it's just a one-time payment of $500. you buy this policy through your insurance or through? Through this company. company. It's it's a company that does this, and they go through Lloyd's of London, which is like a high-risk so you knew company. of this? I know Lloyd's of London. That's Lloyd's it. of London will oh, okay. insure anything. Like if you're in a flood zone and no other company will take you, Lloyd's of London will do this high-risk assessment. You'll pay for it, but they will take you. They're a high-risk. I've never heard of any of this. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know this was a thing. The travel insurance is mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. No, I, me too. I didn't know that either. And the only way I know that is because I took a guy from Puerto Rico to Michigan, and he was on a missionary trip, and he was a pastor, and they were clearing out these connexes. You know what connexes are? No. They're like everything that's in ports, right? Like you always see these in these drug dealer movies. Okay. And then like they're always searching them for drugs and stuff. And he was clearing one of those out. And almost like 
he took the um, Jenga piece out of the wrong side, and the whole thing came toppling down on him, and he fractured his nose. And I said, how are you paying for this, man? You were on a missionary trip. There's no way your church can cover this fee. And he said that, um, yeah, he bought the trip insurance, and they covered it all with no questions asked. But he fractured his nose, and that was it? No, no. <laughs> I mean, he fractured, yeah, he fractured his face, basically. <laughs> gotcha. um, but... Yeah, great. Actually, guy. that'd be like if it was just one little thing. I yeah, broke a finger. Can I? Can I? <laughs> right. Well, no. Like seriously, that company I was telling you that the five hundred dollar payment. If if you don't feel fit to fly, they they will fly you. So, it's pretty cool. I suggest everyone goes out and gets it, especially if you're an experienced traveler or you travel more than once a year. But hey, if you go to the islands, they also have like two week programs. If you go to the islands or Mexico, I would get that regardless. Mm-hmm. So anywhere that doesn't have great medicine, I suggest you get that. Yeah, because yeah, the key is getting out of there quickly. Is that essentially the... Yes, especially in those countries. I don't want to say any specific country, but let's just say the Caribbean. Sure. They, If you are American, and they will do this even in some countries in Europe, if you're American, you have to give your credit card up front. And instead of the bed being $200 a night, the bed will be $3,000 a night. And instead of you getting a shot for pain, they will give you like normal saline, which is nothing. And they will say, hey, we're giving you this. And it won't kill your pain, but you now owe us another 300 And they will just keep running your paycheck. Rando Banter Wives, Megan and Joanna, co-host with us several times. In this next clip, Joanna and Megan tell how they met both of us. Then, Andy Miss tells us why you do not want to mess up his wife's name or let a mass hole know you don't like a nickname. After that, Barrett tells a cool drinking story of where he almost got arrested for not knowing what town he was in. This happened. Okay, so I think he mentioned, so we were both playing softball during the week. He was playing on one night, I was playing another, and there was somebody that played on both of our teams. So she put together this tournament team. I think it was in St. Pete or something. And um, I played with my friend Amy all the time. So she and I were like best friends and... Um, doing all these tournaments together. So she and I were there. I think we were the first ones there. And we had just, we were tired. We didn't want to play. We're like, all right, we need to start this up. So we cracked open a beer at like eight o'clock as people are like shuffling into the dugout, like getting ready to play. So yeah, so that's when I think Mac had come in or whatever. But yeah, during during the tournament, just playing and um, he was the pitcher and running all over the field and i was like oh he's good <laughs> i don't see you as a softball pitcher duff yeah no it's i think that we we figured out that a lot of people can't get it over the plate at least to put it in play so they threw me out there and um okay i i had a, a little too much energy i think um I, I would be backing up throws where i shouldn't be like i just i just ran around the <laughs> field i don't all know like, over the field easy buddy <laughs> take it easy but the best part was we so i played first base so any like a ball hit up the middle or a line drive to Matt, he'd catch it and he'd whip it at me. And I was like, (laughs) but we were getting people out, but like we were doubling people off for a space. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Megan, as a pre, what's the word I want? Careful. We both both met you throwing shit at each other. This this is true. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't really let up at all because she right off the bat. She's like, "Oh, I played you know college softball and I was a pitcher," and so I didn't let off at all. Like, if if I got a comeback or hit to me, I'd expect her to be at first base. 
I think I, I got angry <laughs> when she was dropping a few balls. Like she had, she has this glove that she's had for years, but it's small. It's not a first base glove. So when she started dropping balls, I bought her another glove. <laughs> and I refuse to use it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I don't even think I broke it in. And then there was one day we got to the we got to the field early, and um, I started. <laughs> she wanted me to hit some fielding practice to her, and I was just roping them at her. <laughs> she got so pissed at me. <laughs> so yeah, I really didn't let up much. Um, and and you still have it to this day. I just, yeah, <laughs> keep her on her toes. <laughs> Uh, he expects a lot. Love it first fastball to the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she has actually uh, hurt a lot of her family through softball, so yes. she's delivered some damage. Yes, I sent my sister to the hospital. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were. It was in high school, and it was we were getting ready for the season, and it was you know during the winter, so we're in a gym throwing around, and I was pitching to her, and um, the ball – so like somehow ricocheted off the wall and hit her in the face and she like almost passed out. And so we had to go to the hospital and she had, I fractured her cheek. And she's laughing. Yeah. Her cheekbone. Should I worry that she's laughing about this? It was, I hit it, it went off the wall. She turned to get the ball and it came back and hit her in the face. Oh no. Yeah. And then my dad, I, I hit him. I used to pitch my dad all the time, so I was always hitting him. And, and yeah, to mom. try to to try to hit a ball that's coming from an underhand, you know, it's it's a completely different. Yeah. And she had something called a riser, so like, a rise ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like slow pitch Sorry. softball. We're talking about it's fast oh, yeah. pitch oh, this underhand. Because yeah. yeah, this is yeah. a totally different look. Yeah, my mom. I was warming up to pitch the um, championship game of a regional tournament. This is my travel team. Ooh. And she was, she, I don't know how this happened. She was sitting on the bleachers. I was just warming up. And somehow I threw a rise ball. It went off my catcher's glove. And it hit her in the face. We weren't even close. I don't know how this happened. Like it skidded off the ground, came up, hit her in the oh. face. And she had a black eye. Like it hit her in the head, actually. Wow. She had, I, I was crying. I'm like, I'm about to pitch this championship game of the regional tournament. And I'm crying because my mom is like, got this huge egg on her uh, on her head and then her the black eye ended up like um traveling down yes. her face and oh, it was yeah. awful but but we won the game and went to nationals so, and, so. and no concussion <laughs> no we, no no there was a, actually well, another I mean, mom was a nurse yeah. and she was there so she's like you should go to the doctor mom's like i am not leaving like my daughter is pitching this game oh, i am geez. not leaving <laughs> well we both worked at olympia sports it's it doesn't exist anymore, right? It finally closed up. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. That's sad. But um, so I worked in a store in Marlboro with my oldest friend, Gina. You, you go way back. You're not calling it old, right? No, no, no. Okay, you just go way back. I'm just checking. <laughs> like uh, fifth grade. I met her in fifth grade, 10 years old. So that was when I moved to Massachusetts. So my first friends. So she uh, she got me a job at the Marlboro store. And so summers from college, we worked in Marlboro, and one summer, I think it was my junior year in college. Junior year? Yeah. Junior year in college, uh, Larry was one of the assistant managers. Manager in training? Assistant manager. Assistant two. Assistant two, <laughs> the manager. Manager trainee. Manager trainee. Okay. I want to get the term right. So um, our manager at the time had been working with us for a couple of, I guess I'll call it seasons. 
And so she knew myself and Gina were good workers, was very excited to have us back for the summer. We would get stuff done. And so he was telling, she or she was telling him, uh, you're going to like these two. They're great. You know, talking us up and everything. And um, what was her name? Was it Kara? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I first met him, I just got out of a weird relationship. I wasn't sure if I was out of the relationship. It was kind of left up in the <laughs> air. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we're going to kind of take a break for the summer, but I'm not going to really cut all cords. And he lived in West Virginia. And obviously I lived up in mass. So it was really confusing. So, and I thought, yeah, we go back to school in the fall. We'll get back together. So I wasn't looking to date anybody. We meet. First of all, I thought he was way older than he was. <laughs> Did you ask him to buy beer for you too? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought he was upper 20s-ish. He had facial hair, made him look older. And um, Position of authority. It, yeah, it's yes. manager and trainee. Usually <laughs> that means they're planning on sticking around for a while and you're on just a regular store associate person and so I just assumed he was way older and um, I do remember I got the impression that he liked me when he started throwing koosh balls at me <laughs> I would work the way the store worked he had someone in the front as the greeter and he had someone on register which I preferred being on register and then someone working at shoes which I hated working in shoes but um, when it, the store was dead that mid-afternoon lull I'd Push balls to the back of my head, almost <laughs> my face. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is annoying. <laughs> I, w- I would normally be trying to send in the the scare shot. Yeah. Where I'd hit her like a rack next to her. Yeah. Nope. My aim was off to yeah. where I would normally either hit her in the back. Or... Yeah. I think Joanna's family would prefer she uses cush balls instead of. Yeah. <laughs> Even after we figured it out, I called his wife the wrong name. I saved her name in my phone the wrong way. I said Andy with. Brittany with Andy, yeah. and I kept calling her Brittany oh. like an idiot. Like, so. <laughs> oh, and she she's very particular about her name too. Like you, you can't call her Beth. Like if you call her Beth, she will fucking slice your throat. <laughs> so he for a while he was calling her Brittany, Stephanie, fucking Tiffany. Doesn't fucking matter as long as it's not yeah, Beth. As long as it's not Beth, she's fine. <laughs> and, and my friends to this day, like if you want to just like absolutely mess with her, you just call her Beth and just wait for the reaction. Like fucking the steam comes out of her head and she wants to kill people. I have no idea why. It's just a shortened version of her name, but women. <laughs> dude, I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. A lot of people. Specifically like with the name James. I could name, uh, yeah. I need more than one hand to name people that I know that are named James that don't want to be called Jim or Jimmy or Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> Any of that stuff. I have a friend named James and we call him Jimmy. And then his nickname is Jim Pants and he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like Jim Pants. Either. Yeah. Oh, he hates it. He absolutely hates it, but we love it. Yeah, the key is to ignore yeah. it so it doesn't oh, stick. And they, yeah. yeah. If you let one of us mass holes know that you hate something that oh, we do, it's coming. It's, it's just you're, gonna you're be never, it's never leaving. Constant yeah. needling. It's yeah. now it's you. You own it. Yep. There are things that people have like called me before that drive me nuts, but I won't ever say what that is when they call me that. Cause I, I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. If I just let it go and let it run its course. You almost, you shrug it off. Like, Oh, yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah. Eh. 
Eh, nothing big. Right. But exactly. it's eating at you inside like okay. I will slice your throat. You yeah. Say that yeah. one more time. Yeah. You can't say it. Yeah. You can't say it. <laughs> Can I ask you about the story? Uh, the one where you went to the, the firefighters uh, police hockey game in Marlboro. <laughs> Wasn't there, isn't there a story behind that? So there's a story behind that. A good one. Uh, so a bunch of my buddies that I graduated drill school with were on the hockey team. And they had uh, they do this big thing. It's called the Heroes Cup. And it's like all New England police, fire. There's military corrections. They do a big hockey turn in Marlboro. There's like 17, 18 rinks. And my other buddy was like, hey, why don't you stay the weekend? I was like, it's in Marble. He goes, yeah, we do a lot of drinking. He goes, you're, you're going to want to, there's a hotel right across the street. I was like, all right. So they were playing during the morning into the day, and I'm watching. But, like, a few of my other friends were there were drinking beers. And their games were over. They're like, so what are we doing now? He's like, well, we're going to go out to dinner. We're going to grab some food and go around Marlboro. There's some bars. So there's a Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, which I didn't know existed. And there's for the funky... listeners, Marlboro is about a half hour from Worcester. And that's hour. where that's yep. where Barrett lived in Worcester at yep. the time. Yep. Uh, still do. <laughs> uh, so there's a Funky Murphy's in Worcester, and I lived near it, and it was walkable. I lived, like, maybe half a mile from there. So we're drinking, and we're drinking, and we're at... <laughs> We're at Funky We're Murphy's. And- We're at Funky Murphy's and last call hits. And I go to the bathroom and in Marlboro. I, I come out, I come out of the bathroom. The whole group of guys are with were gone. They all got Ubers. And I was like, oh crap. Oh no. I was like, well, I'm just gonna get my phone. I'll get an Uber. I was sober enough to go. I needed an Uber. My phone's dead. I was like, oh. oh. So I just start walking. And in my head during this walk, I thought, oh, well, no, I live down the street. So I'm walking, like, I think I was on Route 20. All of a sudden, these blue lights flash, and they pull over. The cop goes, hey, man, what's up? I was like, nothing. What's up with you? He goes, the cop goes, uh, where, do you, where, do you, where are you going? I was like, I'm going home. He goes, where's home? I was like, uh, you know, I said the street I lived on. And he goes, where do you think you are right now? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, do you think you're, you're in Worcester? I go, no. Yeah, I'm in Worcester. He goes, the cop goes, no, you're in Marlboro. You're in Marlboro, Mass. I was like, what, you guys lost? I said to the cop, like, you guys lost? <laughs> cop goes, get in the back seat. He go, and then I'm like, I, it, I think I started so really quick when he started like being more stern. He goes, get in the back of my car right now. He goes, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm at the, I forgot what the whole name was. I think it was a Marriott. He goes, all right, I'm driving you there. He goes, you got friends there right now? Uh, yeah. So he goes to the Mar- Marriott, pulls over. So I think he's going to let me on. I'm going to go about my night yeah. and go to bed. He goes, no, no. You know, I need, I need to leave you with somebody. So we go, he knocks on my buddy's door. He goes, this guy with you? <laughs> my buddy, Steve, goes, where were you? We were looking for you. He's like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. It's a guy. Phone died, lost. I don't know. <laughs> the cop goes, all right, he's, he's your responsibility now. <laughs> so the cop's walking down the hallway, and, like, I'm about to go in the room, but that wasn't my room. As soon as I saw the cop, like, turn the corner, I was like, all right, night, guys. And I went to my room. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was a night. <laughs> I try not to have nights like that anymore. It's they're very few and far between. Sure. Last night was as close as I get to a night like that, and I was well behaved. On this next clip, Haley Goodson McGee joins us just days before Hurricane Ian bared down on Florida. Haley had a unique experience living through two Category Five hurricanes in the U.S. Virgin Islands on St. Thomas when. Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria, both Category 5 hurricanes, struck the island 
in less than two weeks. The statement is, hey, you feel like you're on an island, but you are on an island. Yes. Like a long ways away from anywhere else. Yes. Um, so the only way out is boats or airport. So. Right. Right. And um, before Irma hit us, they had told us it was going to be a cat too. Whatever. We've been through a cat too. No big deal. And then three days before, they're like, I was surprised. Just kidding. It's a cat five. And it's coming right at you. Yeah. So, so it was two days before you said? Three days before. Three days before. And at that point, I was like, well, maybe we need to leave. <laughs> and so I checked for flights, and there were none. Yep. It was closed down. The ports were closed. We were just stuck. What what type of structure were you in? Were you inland? Were you near the, we the were beach? We were Okay. Yeah. We were about 23 feet above the water. The way the hurricane was coming? Were you pretty much looking out your window, seeing the thing coming? or? Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, they, um, the eye hit us. <laughs> so it was all around us. Um, before it actually hit us, though, we were outside, and you could see, because there's a bunch of little mini tornadoes within the hurricane. <laughs> and so we were out on top of the peninsula, and we just saw all these water spouts around us because we lived at the end of a, like, on the side of this peninsula right here. And luckily, it wasn't like a mountain or anything. It was just like a little hill. So the water that came down just went beside us. It didn't you know, do a lot of flooding because it didn't have a lot of room to collect. So the hurricane does seem to be tracking towards the west. It looks like it's going to hit Tallahassee as a Category 1 now. Okay, so it's still moving so, further west. Yeah, every update, it looks like it's moving more and more west. Good. Good. We'll see. Keep it going. Though. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll That's the thing. It's like even with Irma, they said it was going to go south of us. And then all of a sudden, it was right on top of us. Yeah. We'll see. And so you, you went through Irma. and I mean, what's that like? What time of day did that come through? Was that daylight or nighttime? Or? It was daytime. Okay. Yeah. It hit about, I think it was like 1, one thirty when we started seeing everything. Um, and then it really hit us hard at about 2, I think it was. Were you able to do any preparations for it? Or you're just pretty much just, hey, it's, yeah. it's here? and Yeah. We, we prepared as best we can, as best we knew how. Um, we stocked up on water, <laughs> so that was good. And we had a bunch of, you know, tuna, Vienna sausages and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Did you board up do. the windows? We and- did, yeah. We put, we had boards. We put them on top of the windows and the doors. And, like, on an island, too. Like, you can't, you basically can't get anywhere. I'm sure supplies are kind of limited. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and everything has to be shipped in. Yeah. And then you have power outages. It's not like they can just in a day or two get that fixed no definitely not yeah so you were did you essentially lose power from irma straight on through yeah so we we knew it would be would be bad but we didn't know how bad it would be and after we after it was all over we walked outside and everything was just destroyed and all the power poles and power lines and everything just snapped so there was no power anywhere. And we were without power for 84 days. 84? 84 days. Ugh. What did you do to pass this time? <laughs> Cleaned up. <laughs> yeah, had to pump all the water out of my ga- my um had to pump all the water out of the house. Out of my room alone, I had to pump 100 gallons up. Because it flooded. And there was no way to to get it out or to keep it out. The it was like somebody had a pressure washer outside of your window, and it was just spraying through. Were you aware of the other storms that were coming? Or no. did those catch you by surprise? <laughs> no, those caught us by surprise. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. 
That's insane. So, yeah, you're sitting there cleaning up, not knowing what's going on, no power, and then a Cat 1, you said, was was Jose? Jose was just a tropical storm. storm. Yeah, he came through. So it rained. It didn't flood anything. It was just a storm at that point after going through Irma, (laughs) Um, like a thunderstorm. And then Maria came through, and she – so Irma was really dry, and she did flood the house, but – She didn't do a lot of damage to the island as far as flooding goes. She was very dry. She just destroyed everything. <laughs> ripped everything in half, ripped all the leaves off of all the trees. Mm. Um, yeah, she was very destructive. And then Maria came through and she was wet. And she flooded everything that was destroyed. Man, I can't even imagine going through something like that. And then not knowing you have a second one on your doorstep, you know, about to come through. Does, when you see what kind of what we're seeing right now in the news where a couple of days ago, you know, we're, it's showing the track coming right at you again. Right. And the it's, thing is, you just don't, you never really know until it gets closer where it's going to go. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's like the good thing about this. Yeah. And there yeah. are like three different models, I think, out right now. Mm-hmm. And one has it, they haven't budged at all. It's headed right towards <laughs> us. Mm-hmm. And then one's like way west, yeah. like Louisiana or something like that. Right. And then the other one's or National Hurricane Center is right in the middle. It's going to go up this way. Right. Right. So essentially the Euro has it coming right at us. Yeah. Which from my understanding, just listening to weather people talk about the models, is usually the Euro is more accurate when it comes to where it's going. Yeah. And the GFS, which is the American models, are more accurate with strength. Right. If you listen. For what that's worth. For what that's (laughs) worth, yeah, we're going to get a strong hurricane. In this next clip, Brick Soto joins us. And Duff gives him some Bostonisms to figure out. Then UNC Asheville head baseball coach Scott Friedholm joins the guys and tells his story of meeting his wife and how he moved up the college coaching ranks. Seen the uh, video of a, um, I forgot what her title was, professor of some sort of university, and she was she was saying in a, in a language related you know speech she was giving that language has to do with the way the brain interprets the world, okay? So I must have been like, I don't know, 18, 20 years old when I read that. And, and I started thinking back then, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of funny because that is true, you know? Like, why is a Jimmy a condom to me? And an ice cream top. He got all serious with it. He just dropped that. <laughs> He was also on hallucinogenic drugs. That's what he's not telling you. Like, is there something missing here? Um, but yeah, but but it's funny. And, and when you go from one language to the other one, and you don't even have to do that. You can do it in English, you know, like the Jimmy thing. You know, like, isn't it funny how we apply it, you know? But that's just the way we kind of see it or we right. feel about it. All language really is about context and, you know, interpretation. Absolutely. You know, I mean, right. that's true. So if like, yeah, if I'm saying like, I want some jimmies on my ice cream, I'm, I don't want condoms on my ice cream. Larry, I don't want you to have condoms on your ice But yeah, but that's, uh, that's funny. What's another one? So what do we have as far as a list? Of, uh, Are you want to do the Boston list? Come on. Okay. We got to hear this, right, this Boston gonna be, list. This is going to be Bricks' test. Ooh, right. I'm not too polished on that. I've been hanging out with Larry for the last, what, year? In the yeah. bullpen. I mean, you're, you're doing pretty good, though. He wouldn't give me the time of day back then, a couple of years ago. Dude, just... this guy used to be a TPMS tech. A what? Right? TPMS, tire pressure yeah. monitoring system. Oh, okay. Your air pressure, you tire... PMS tech. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I haven't been like, able to I master that one like, yet. <laughs> I feel like when he was the TPMS tech, 
He had PMS a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Did he have to fill out TPS reports? He might have. Mm, yeah. So you go to him, Bricks, hey, I'm the new guy. I got a couple questions. And he'd give you that look like, get the fuck out of my office. Oh, come on. <laughs> Grumpy guy. I, 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 that's how I feel like, you know, approaching you when you get a dollar tacos. Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing that? Or Larry? didn't get my dollar tacos. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, so you probably already talked about a few of these, but what do you think bang a, U- bang a Yui means? Make a U-turn? Okay, All right, good. The cape. The cape? Uh, man. It's a, no, no, no. It's a place. It's a, the cape, what was that be? In Maine? Cape Cod. Cape Cod, yeah. Massachusetts on Maine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's Massachusetts? He, but he, he uh, breaks his, like, that's the same damn thing. Same damn thing. Same, same continent. Same, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How you generalize I, with I, him, he just generalized with us. I've been so far off on geography, he's just making fun of <laughs> that's me. That's true. <laughs> uh, Stop it. Sella. The Sella? forgot about this one. That's just us. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what a, I know what a seller is. What? The, the wine storing. Which is room. usually... Underground, yeah. Okay, basement. there you go. Yeah, we basement. call basements. Yeah. It's called cellars. Cellars. Really? Yeah. With a cellars. C, not an S, but cellar. Okay. Cellar. Clicker. Uh, the TV controller. Yeah, the remote. Boom. <laughs> we'll get you clicker. <laughs> haven't used this one in a while. Dungarees. <laughs> I don't know how old this list Say is. what? <laughs> you don't know what dungarees are? Never heard of that. Jeans. Yep. What? Dungarees. Dungarees? You got like, your dungarees on? Yeah. Oh, you, like, you gotta like these. You look, look the, what does he say? Well, you look like the uh, the CEO and chairman of Levi Strauss. Nice Canadian tuxedo. Hey, denim Dan. Denim Dan. <laughs> Should be dungaree Dan. Frap. Frap? Yeah, but McDonald's took that national. Yeah, that's just a coffee? The Frappuccino kind of deal? I mean, that's the only thing I could Milkshake, so yeah, I guess... If, but McDonald's no called yeah. them their, their fraps. You got half credit for that one. Frickin'. Yeah, there's no thing for the most of what? I want to read the, uh, how we say the F word in polite company and around children. So that's a good definition of it. <laughs> yeah. And and I've said that several times. <laughs> frickin'? That word. It's frickin'. Well, I can't say the next word either. <laughs> I, I haven't heard this one. Hosey. Whoa. You'll appreciate this because of the conversation we had yesterday. Okay. Hosey. Yeah, Hosey. Hosey uh, it, no it, idea. All right, so to call dibs on something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd never heard that one I've before. Heard that yeah. uh, Hosey. <laughs> oh, Jimmy's is actually on this list. No, it's not. Chocolate yeah. sprinkles for your ice cream. <laughs> yep. Right there, buddy. That's hilarious. Uh, some, oh, Packy. We've talked about that before. We have? Yeah. A packy. Yeah, what's a packy? The store? What kind? Uh, the convenience store. No. No? Yeah, kind of, but yeah. No. Oh, no, no. The, that's the uh, alcohol store, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You, liquor you, store. You go to liquor store. Yeah, yeah. Package yeah, store, package. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one I hate, Pissa. I've never said the word Pissa. Yeah. Bedroom? This, no, is like, no. this is like hardcore <laughs> Boston, like... Yeah. I almost w- think it's wicked a, pissa. Yeah, it's like a character of Boston. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I don't think anybody really says it. Yeah, Southie? I think that is people outside of Boston that add that yeah. in to make us sound stupid. 
Oh, somebody says okay. something. Wicked pissa, wicked awesome. Like <laughs> pissas, yeah. That's okay. Bad. Wicked's a good supposedly. Word. Definitely wicked, use yeah. wicked. We all use wicked. Pocketbook. <laughs> Love this. One. I still use this, and I get looked at like cross-eyed. Like, what yeah. the hell are you talking Pocket about? Pocketbook. The pocketbook. Hold on. I heard this one because Maria is from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, side quick side. So bricks oh, had, had a. He's, he's. Are you dating this girl? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So he's dating a girl, Ooh. but I didn't know her name. So well, I just assumed <laughs> most. I just assumed like West Side Story, like. Most people, most Spanish guys, they just date girls named Maria. Like the song, <laughs> Maria, no, Maria. Like, who, who sings that? Oh, I was that? talking about West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. No. Yeah, that is West Side you Story. Well, no, what you were singing was uh, Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> but, you, but it says West Side Story. Yeah, anyway. oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. I just assume they all date Marias. Right. So I just, when he says, started saying he had a girl, I was like, yeah, her name's Maria. So I just okay. started, hey, you hanging out with Maria tonight? And, the, and then she read it, and she was like, who the fuck is Maria? <laughs> <laughs> Are you seeing Maria? And where's like, she? That's you. Where's she from? Connecticut. Okay. Cool. Fully white. Fully Total white. American. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. Fully white. <laughs> so seeing re- European bloodlines. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard fully white. <laughs> fully American. She's a yeah, she's yeah. a European mutt. Yeah. <laughs> you checked out her twenty three and me. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> when you order a regular coffee, what do you want in it? Um. Sugar. And? And crema. And crema. Cream sugar. It's actually kind of funny. The, the definition says, presumably ordered from Dunks. <laughs> Dunkies. I yep. hate Dunks. Damn it. It's <laughs> even when it's, I, I assume it's iced coffee, even when it's freezing out. So. Holy smokes, <laughs> But the reason that's Larry. on there, if you go to Starbucks and you order a regular, they just give you black coffee. Yeah. What? Yeah. A regular coffee... Outside of Boston, supposedly. If you go to Starbucks, I've tried this. I said, can I get a regular coffee? And I went through, pulled up, and they gave me a black hot black coffee. <laughs> and what would you get? A hot black coffee, nothing in yeah. it. If you order a medium regular Dunkin' Donuts, it's cream and sugar. It comes with cream and sugar. Interesting. Yeah. But it's funny how it says, like, uh, even when it's freezing out, you order iced coffee. So I went. Uh, I do. I was back home a few years ago in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Honestly, it's below freezing. It's 20 degrees outside. And I di- I like I actually wanted a hot coffee. Right. So I said, "Hey, can I just have a medium I <laughs> can I have a medium black coffee?" And they go, "Iced coffee or, <laughs> or hot coffee?" And I'm like, "If you handed me a nice coffee, it would be just solid a solid brick of ice. It's freaking <laughs> freezing out right now, but I I didn't know I had that wasn't that was an option." <laughs> like and I, guess it, yeah. I was known for that when I would used to work at Banner up in Massachusetts. I would come in every morning. It could be a foot of snow on the ground and ten below. I'd walk in with my Dunkin' iced coffee. Yeah. My boss would be yeah. like, "What are you doing?" I don't. I believe because I see it every single day. I do now, but I mean, we live in Florida. It's never cold here, so yeah. Just coffee is one of those things. That no matter what, it just feels great when it's hot. To me, I don't have a problem. Here's my problem with coming into work with hot coffee. We were in the bullpen, you know, and they have all the air conditioning in the offices. But in our area where the ceilings are 800 feet high, we just have hot air that doesn't move. Big vacuum volume. (laughs) It's like they they sweat us out, man. It's hot in there. Mm, Yeah, I suppose. You go up in the meeting rooms upstairs. It's like, oh, man, I need my parka. Yeah, yeah. Coat. Yeah. Packer. It's not on here. 
It's not. The parka. It should be. I need a parka. <laughs> so, <laughs> Briggs, what do you think a ripper is? Man. <laughs> Not like a party? Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. A ripper? I, I've heard it. I, I haven't said it, but yeah. A, a wicked ripper. Wicked ripper. <laughs> a wicked we had a ripper. wicked ripper last weekend. <laughs> this is one I haven't heard of. I know the. I know what it is, but a space saver. You didn't live in the city, so you may not know this. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. And this, uh, but you oh, living man. in Latin America and uh, in Florida, Miami. I don't think you guys had to do this, but it's a large household object used after a winter storm to prevent anyone from taking your parking spot that you shovel. So there used to we used to we called it the chair rule. So when you had, when you okay. parked your car. You would shovel it out. You'd go to work, okay. but you'd put a chair there to be like, hey, this is my spot when I come back later today. Sure. And yeah. we had to do that in the city oh, when, you, when you didn't have off-street parking. So. Every winter, too, there was news stories about people fighting. Oh, yeah. About people moving somebody's chair and putting their car in their parking no. spot. It was unwritten Dude, rules. It was like baseball. There was winter. unwritten rules. Really? Some people would put, like, big, big-ass big lamps. <laughs> like, that was another one I saw in the city. Like, yeah. Because you can only park on one side of the street because you need the big plows to come through. So, so this is this are public parking spots. Oh, it's just on the like street. street parking, yeah. yeah, where anybody could park. And and so you can call it, and you just sit your chair there and just yeah, yeah whatever it. that word was for dibs. But yeah. you, called, you called dibs on that parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I never heard it called a space saver, but it was a chair. It was a chair rule in the city. Yeah, oh, I was thinking man. about something that like you. Hang stuff in in your garage. Space <laughs> saver. Uh, do you know what a stady is? No clue. Never oh, heard of come that. Come on. No. You're driving? Oh, shit. I just passed the stady. Yeah. Watch out for what? the stadies on the pike. Stadies on the pike. <laughs> what? State, state, it's a state trooper. Call it's them stadies. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't have to deal with this down here. Yeah. The sticker. Stick, yeah, we don't have to do stickers. What's that? Every year you had to get your car inspected. It was an extra Ooh, cost. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They either tested your emissions or your safety. Yeah, you had to test out your blinkers. Your blinkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, have, have enough tread on your tires. Yeah. So you'd have to go get a sticker every year on uh, your birthday. Can't have too much rust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the chemicals they put uh, on the road, which now you're basically rusting out a piece of shit in three years. Right. Right. Brand new car or whatever. Right. So we used to have that in, in South Florida too, the Tri County. It was uh, Miami Dade County, uh, Broward County, and West Palm Beach. Back in the days, like in the '80s and '90s, you had to take your car for inspection. So they'll stick really? the thing. Oh yeah, and they'll check. They'll put the mirror below, make sure you had a catalytic converter. It, you know, it's oh, part of your exhaust. Uh, no, no tires, no blinkers, no. <laughs> <laughs> No wheel bearings, none of that, because I know they do that in New York. Yeah. <clears throat> like the wheel bearings to check yourself is yeah. a little extreme, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm down to the last few here. Yeah. <laughs> a, a few good ones. Tonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my grandmother called it tonic, but. Yeah. Some people still doing drinks. That's true. Yeah. What is it? Just like soda, soda water. Soda water. Gin and tonic. That's still out there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I? This is kind of a, a townie. Townie, yeah. What's that? 
It's a city native who's never left the neighborhood they grew up yeah. in. So they just, just somebody of, who's uh, been there forever. Here's the townie. Like if I, I, I grew up in Oxford, if I would have just stayed in Oxford forever, Mike LaRose, yep. I'd be a townie. Still hanging around in all the same places <laughs> with all the same people. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. Townie. Uh, I got I got two more left here, and I'm trying to think of the best order to put these. In. Yeah. How how about a this says triple decker, but I call I called it a three decker. It's what I grew up in. Three decker house. A three decker. But there's like apartments on each floor. Okay. We call them triple deckers or three deckers. Yep. You see this part of the the language thing we talked about earlier, where yeah. you you know like it wouldn't make sense for me to even think of a yep. you know three decker. It's a three-storage house. We don't really have them. So a lot of our towns were mill towns. So you had a lot of working-class families. So it would be a three-story home. Okay. A family would live on every story. And then, yep, so I grew up in a three-decker. Actually, two-bedroom apartments or three-bedroom apartments in each floor. So is the basement... Uh, no, the ba- like my the no, house no, I grew no, up in was no, built no, no. in like the eighteen hundreds. So like okay. the basement Stella? was a cre- yeah, it was a creepy basement. Oh. You know, floors leaked. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, nobody was living down. It's basically, where you just had all the furnace and like yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just so you don't count that on the on the triple deck. No, I say no. okay. So it would really be okay. four floors. Right. It would, you know, but they don't count the basement. Yeah, you keep your shit down in the, so like, in the cellar. <laughs> yeah, just like Your up here, paint. like here, they don't count the square footage of a garage. Sure. They didn't count the square footage of a basement either. Sure, okay. Or a cellar. Or the cellar, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. This, this one's They pro- did count the parlor, though. <laughs> they better count the parlor. The parlor. <laughs> that would always be in the front, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the best view of the city street, <laughs> yeah, it was it was in the pilot. I just remember drinking at Barrett's house. Yes, <laughs> with he had the front room that had the pilot. He had the um. He also, I mean, that was a three decker. That was a, yeah, it was in a three decker. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he had, his second room had the the uh, dart board that we would throw darts out the window <laughs> at, yeah. the, at the neighboring three deckers. <laughs> uh, we figured out ways to have fun. <laughs> And then the last one, it's not even one you'd you'd probably have to guess at, but it just says this fucking guy. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah. A stranger who'd pissed you off, conversely a friend you're pleased to see. <laughs> so I guess it's this fucking it's, guy. It's, but, That's exactly what he means. Yeah. It's awesome. That's exactly so. what he means. So, yeah, Bricks, you did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you made it to the minor leagues. Yeah, I got picked up as a uh, free agent after my senior year, after I graduated from Providence. Um, played that summer, went to Instructs, did the Instructs, uh, went to spring training the following year. Thought I was on the AA roster. Okay. And then the day before we all, I had my apartment and everything. Uh, the day before we got released to go, they called me in and said we needed to stay for extended spring training and we're willing to give you $10 a day. We'll pay for your uh, we'll pay for your hotel room and we'll give you three meals and we'll give you $10 a day. And, uh, you know, I was pretty straightforward and I don't ever second guess this decision. I actually said to him, I said, you know, I got some school loans. I have a car. I bought a car because I was I lived down there in the off season to get to train. And I said, I, I got some student loans. He said, Scott, you went to college? Just like that. No idea. I said, yeah, I graduated a year and a half ago from Providence College. He goes, and they actually said, I, I remember saying, he goes, you're one of seven players in the whole system to have their college degree. Wow. And I said, he goes, Scott, if I was you, I would probably make a different decision. 
And I said, okay, that's all I needed to know. I'm like, yeah. um, so I, I, I was lost. You know, I've never done anything without baseball or something, hockey, soccer, whatever it was. This was 22 aged? Yeah, I was uh, 23. Yeah, 23 years old. So I packed up my, uh, I packed up my whole life in a uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse. Okay. Yep. The legendary Eclipse. Eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> and I still had the front seat open. So I, needless to say, I didn't own a lot of things. Um, and I drove to Greenville, South Carolina, where my oldest brother, Carl, had just moved to. And uh, I didn't know what to do. It was right around Easter and, uh, or right before Easter. He said, just live with us. He had a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, my niece and my nephew. He was just live with us. I said, what? He goes, just stay as long as you want. You don't have to leave. You don't have to do anything. So I, I lived there for about a month. Easter morning, I got up. Uh, I packed up the car. I was going home to Boston to grab my stuff, the rest of it, and come back. Mm -hmm. And I pulled in the driveway. This was before cell phones. I pulled in the driveway. My mom wasn't even sure when I was going to be coming home because it was a you know 16-hour drive. I made it in about 12 and a half, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as I pulled in the driveway, I said hello to her and her home phone rang and it was the head coach at Bryant College who said, hey, I heard a rumor that Scott's coming home. Would he want to get into coaching? Wow. He offered me $4,000 for the year and uh, a place on campus if I wanted to live there, uh, a condo on campus. Uh, and I said, hell yeah, $4,000 compared to $10 a day. Better than 10 bucks a day. My math wasn't very good, but I come to find out the $10 a day was about the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, With uh, a college degree. <laughs> so I actually said yes. And ironically, that's where Joanna, a.k.a. Nelson back then. Uh, Madam Joanna, Zero, as we found out. Too. Madam Zero, Joanna now Duff, was the assistant softball coach. Michael Nelson, my brother-in-law, mm -hmm. was the captain and shortstop on the baseball team that I was about to coach. <laughs> and the very first person I met in their whole house, I was out recruiting on my first day, was John Nelson, my father-in-law. I went to a game in Worcester, and he was out getting the field ready, and he came up to say hello because I got there three hours early. Yeah. I was nervous. I wanted to be there. Sure. And he came up, and he and I started talking, and I, he asked me where I was from, and he said, Brian, he said, well, my son's the captain there. <laughs> and ironically, Angie... Freedom, Angie Nelson, uh, was the last one in their whole family that I met. Wow. So that's how my story with the Nelsons yep. came all about. So That's insane. Yeah. So I coached <laughs> Michael Nelson for two years, uh, and Joanna and I uh, were sweet mates in our office for a year and a half or two years. I think both years she was there, yeah. And then she went on and got her – she went into pro, pro ball after that with the Rays, I think, with the Was that Blue before? Jays. I don't know if that was before the – Prep school or the school? It was before. You're yeah. right. She did the prep but school. Then, and then, yeah, then the she Blue came Jays. down to the Blue Jays. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I got introduced to the Nelson family. And Any good Nelson stories from the – I mean, I'm sure there are, but for the, for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I, I didn't date Angie for about um, a year and a half because I didn't want to – I met her and I, I liked her, but I didn't want to date her while Michael was still a player. Understood. So – Michael kind of caught wind of it, and he and I and Joanna went out to lunch one day, and I said, listen, I, I think I like your sister, but I'm not going to date her while you're a player. I don't want to do that to you. That we could be. And he actually said, Freeds, if you like my sister and you don't date her, I'll get more pissed at you. <laughs> and he goes, I can handle the guys. I said, okay. I said, okay. So we actually uh, started dating 
December 22nd was our first date. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we met. And, uh, and then, yeah, she's, she's crazy because I always say this to people. She started dating me when I was making $4,000 a year. I would go back to Walpole Mass Sunday through Thursday. I would open Mo Vaughn's uh, hit dog place that had a gym at 4.30 in the morning till 12 o'clock. I would drive an hour to Bryant, work from 1 to 8. John Shogren, the head coach there, would then buy me dinner at Parenti's, and I would go back to my mom's by 9.30, and, my, and I would go right to bed, and my alarm would go off at 3.30. Thanks. And she started dating me. I'm yeah. like, we would only see each other on Saturday. Friday night, I would just go to bed. I'm like, I'm exhausted. You go hang out with everybody you want to, and I'm going to bed. And then Saturday, we'd go out to dinner or go hang out with Joanna or do something like that down in uh, they, they always say that's the life of a coach, but you don't realize how early yeah. that starts. Oh, it's brutal. You know? Especially when you're not making any money. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm still waiting to make money, but I'm, I'm hoping it's right around the corner <laughs> after so, this podcast. Yeah, it's going to blow up. <laughs> here, man. So, so, yeah, it actually brings you to the next stop. She's traveling with you. I believe it was Maine. So yes. is it Orono, Orno, middle of Maine, or upper Orno, Maine? Maine. So, <laughs> so she follows those, you up there. <laughs> for those who don't know where Orono, Maine is, uh, we were two and a half hours north of Portland, an hour and 15 minutes south of Canada. Oh. Yes. When you say, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we went up there. Uh, we weren't married yet. So she, we were making trips on the weekend. And obviously it was her making a lot of the trips because we were playing or practicing. Uh, and it was a four and a half hour drive from Worcester, Mass. Uh, so that's how far it is. Orno's tough. Orno's great. I love my experience there. And I don't want to ever say anything negative about the University of Maine. Orno is tough when you are 25, a young couple, Best. There's just not a lot to do. Sure. You know, um, and Angie and I have talked about it. If if times were different and that job opened up and we have kids and we would live in a neighborhood in this, like Orono, Maine's a really cool city. Like when you have kids and you get stuff to do. But when you're 25 and you're looking for things to do and you don't want to go to the places that your athletes, your student athletes are going to because you don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. It leaves you Brewsters in the basement of a of a hotel <laughs> in Hamden, in yeah. Hamden, Maine. So, so I spent um, four years at the University of Maine, and actually Angie and I got married that last year. Uh, we got married October thirtieth um, because it was around the signing period. Mm-hmm. Fall season had ended. Signing period was the second week in November, like November 12th. And I wanted to be back from our honeymoon to make sure all the paperwork and everything got done. So we got married. Time October. is everything. Yes, <laughs> timing is everything. So I will give you a funny story. You asked me one about. I actually got Matt Duff and Joanna Duff to change their wedding date. I don't know if Matt knows this. So, oh, can you remind me what it is, though? Please. <laughs> it's in August. It was supposed to be in April. So Joanna calls Angie. And I'm there when she calls and she, we got engaged. That had already happened. We set the date. And Angie's, and I hear Angie say, it's April 12th, whatever the date is. And without even asking me, without skipping a beat, she goes, Scott won't be there. And Joanna says, well, Scott will miss a weekend for our wedding. She goes, no, he will not. (laughs) We got a call about a week later. We've moved it to August. Does that work? Uh, yeah, we can make Much August better. work. Yes. So, so yeah, that's I changed your wedding date. You're welcome. Say, it's all good. <laughs> now, now that you say that, I do remember that. Yep. So, yep. I, I mean, we got a, we had a small wedding, and we needed Scott there. Scott's the life of the party at a wedding. Not uh, true. Not true. <laughs> and there may be some stories you want to share or share <laughs> off the mic. But <laughs> um, so yeah, so the University of Maine was great. Um, but I'll, to finish that story, so we got married my last year at Maine. Oh. 
the summer hits. We had a great year. Like we ended up going to Old Miss for a regional. Angie came, her dad came for the weekend. It was awesome. Great experience. We played great. I get home that night. Uh, literally, we're home for a day. And the next day, I get ready to go for about a four or five day recruiting trip. And I said, okay, I'll see you in a couple days when I get back. She goes, well, I'm going home. I go, what do you mean you're going home? She goes, I'm going to go back to Worcester. I'm not staying here by myself. I hate it here. <laughs> and I said, okay, good to know. So that summer, and this will lead into our next move, uh, that summer, uh, the head coach who I actually played for at Providence and then worked to work for at the University of Maine got offered the, the Naval Academy job. Um, and I was 28 years old. And he's 29 years old, actually, because I got married at 29. He said to me, Scott, do you want to be the next head coach at the University of Maine? Or do you want to be the assistant at the Naval Academy? And without skipping a beat, I said, <laughs> we'll be coming to the Naval Academy yeah. because Angie does not want to live in Ordo, Maine. And he <laughs> kind of just started laughing. And I said, so I actually signed my contract with the Naval Academy two weeks before he did. I drove that day, signed my contract so I could get to an event in Georgia then following day and start recruiting for the Naval Academy. Cool. Yep. And then Angie ended up having to move everybody. Yeah. That's where I've kind of. You tell her, you know, I got offered the head coaching I, I job. I don't mean to, to, to use the words, but that's where I've kind of screwed her. I just go to the next job and she is always the one that ends up moving us. And, you know, but Larry, and it is hard because I am always the one that has to pick out where we're living. Right. And holy smokes, don't do that. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like one. I'm like two for three. Once I, one of them, I really missed on, but that's okay. Well, you could have said, "Hey, honey, I'm the <laughs> new head coach at the University of Maine." Yeah, and then I'd be divorced, and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it is what it is. So then I spent um, five years at the at the Naval Academy. Yeah. I heard yeah. you had a good place in Annapolis too, right? Did you love Annapolis? Loved Annapolis. Annapolis is uh, Asheville, North Carolina, with water. Uh, it's a really cool downtown, Sweet. a lot of bar, uh, bars, breweries, pubs, a lot of things for all ages to do. Um, and one promise I've always made, Ange, is we are both city people that uh, for the most part, we will always be around a city of some sort. And I realized that she, that's why she didn't like Maine. Yep. There was nothing really yeah. around it. Uh, other than the university. So you say an hour and a half from Portland, then yeah. that's probably the, cl we've always talked about it. If the university of Maine was in Portland, we'd probably yeah. still be there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, cause you're only an hour and a half then from Boston and you're in a, a really cool city. Yep. Yeah. So I guess coming off of your Annapolis stay at the Naval Academy, you went to, uh, came back home to be the assistant coach, uh, at Boston college, huh? Yeah. That was a great opportunity. Um, one to, we hadn't been home in a while, Angie and I, and had our first child, Cooper. So the opportunity to get back close to um, both grandparents, Angie's side and, and my mom, uh, only live about 45 minutes apart anyway. So that worked out great. It would have worked out better if we lived not in Worcester and my commute was an hour, but that was fine. Johnny and Don and Nelson were the nicest people in the world and let us... We lived in Shrewsbury. We lived in Shrewsbury. It wasn't Worcester. No, Worcester. We, we make that specification. We were on the good side time. of the river or the lake or whatever <laughs> that thing was, Lake Quinsig. But uh, they were great. We, were, we had an opportunity to stay in their house. You know, they were living in Florida, and it actually worked out great for us as a family. They would, they would go down to Florida in September, October. That's then, when we lived with them because yes. <laughs> I was living with Joanne at the time. So. Sorry about that. We kicked well, them out a little early. Uh, but, and then they would come back in about April or May – and it would be right at the time where I'd start recruiting for the summer and be gone for 
I mean, I would go to I would go to Georgia for twenty straight days, and that would just be one trip, and then I'd come home for two or three days, and then I'd go to California for a week. So to have, and we had our second child, Camden, and to have the help while I was gone of Johnny and Donna, of our in-laws, was a huge help for Angie. So loved our stay at BC, loved the the head coach there was uh, Mike Gambino, who he and I have known each other since we were 19. We played against each other in college. He went to Boston College. I went to Providence. Uh, there were rivals in the Big East back then. Obviously, we'd be on the road recruiting together. He was at Virginia Tech. Um, he was a scout for the Tigers for a while, and We'd always just see each other and talk to each other. And he got the opportunity to be the head coaches at his alma mater. And I was fortunate enough that uh, he, I was one of the people in his mind of who could be a pitching coach there for him and a recruiting coordinator. And he and I had breakfast in Atlanta while we were both recruiting. And uh, <laughs> the next day he called and said, let's do this. Let's get this done. So uh, nice. got a chance. Again, I left that day yeah. uh, to go to BC. And uh, Angie packed up the uh, the place at Annapolis. Luckily, we already knew where we were moving to. She was the one that had to pack up the place and get everything moved up with the kids. And uh, I was already on the road recruiting. So, so was, now, was that I, now, that Annapolis this, now that I say this out loud, <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up she I never go. knows what's going on until you just say, hey, we're going here. Hey, huh? um, So Cooper. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Cooper was born in Annapolis. And the reason why Camden is named what he is, is we had Camden when we were at Boston College. But when we ha- when we were in Annapolis, we would go to Camden Yards to watch the Orioles for $5. They were terrible. Nice. And we would go all the time. Whenever we had a free day, we would go to Camden Yards and we would just go hang out and go with Cooper and and one of the days we walked by and Angie said, it was Angie. Angie's named both of our kids. Uh, she said, I love the name Camden. Boy yeah. or girl, the next one's Camden. And is Cooper after Cooperstown too? So is it I a baseball Coop- thing? Okay. I, say Just Coopers- I say it's Cooperstown. <laughs> Angie has a different story. And I don't want to say that story because I disagree with it 100%. But here's a, here's a great one. And this was Angie as well. If we had a third and it was a girl, we were naming it Chatham after where I played Oh, in the cool. Cape League. Okay. And then you guys I was agreed, like, but then agreed on something. But then I was like, then we're that creepy family that has the same letter for all the <laughs> yeah, kids yeah, named yeah. like, you know, the <laughs> right. boy. But we would have had a Cooper Camden and Chatham. So, but yeah, I wanted to, I will be, here's the true story. I wanted to name our first Ripken after Cal Ripken because he was my favorite player growing up. And she said, no, you can name the dog Ripken. We're not that's naming true. our kid Ripken, and now she won't even that's, let me get a dog. I was just going to say, that sounds like an open-ended invitation no. for a dog. <laughs> now I think she will Camden not let is a good compromise. <laughs> and probably she saved you on that one, yes. I think. Yes. This is Cooper, right? The first? Yeah, that was okay, Cooper. Cooper yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so oh, then, okay. then I spent four years in Boston <laughs> College, and uh, um, Camden was born there. So, yeah, four years um, of long commutes, long days, I would not trade it for the world, though. It was, yeah. I really, really enjoyed my time at Boston College. Nice. And people ask why we moved because, and again, this is not an ego thing. When you think about it, there's only 14 ACC schools, right? And there's only 16 SEC schools. So there's 30 top jobs in the country. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to be a recruiting coordinator and pitching coach at, at one of them. And with a guy that I really liked and the problem was, is I had never seen Cooper or Camden play a baseball game, skate, do anything, because I was always on the road recruiting, and I was a terrible, terrible dad at the time. And when the job opened up at Asheville, it kind of opened our eyes, like maybe we should do something different. Cool. Um, now, with that said, 
if we were living in Natick, Mass., or Newton, Mass., and our commute was only 15 minutes, we'd probably still be there. On Veterans Day weekend and on the four-year anniversary of Aaron Mastrurio's passing, good friends Mike Daly LaRose and Eric Quidadamo joined us uh, for an episode. We were also joined by Mike's wife, Tiffany, and good friend Mike Barrett as we told stories about Aaron's life and remembered him. Check it out. So the reason why I think everybody's here is we're taping this episode on November 12th, and uh, it's the fourth anniversary of uh, Specialist Aaron Mastorio's passing. Uh, so a Veterans Day weekend, uh, we came down here to celebrate, you know, the life, the memories we have of with him and um, of him because he was definitely a, a unique individual. I think he definitely touched us all. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's nobody like him, that's for sure. So it's crazy to think it's been four years. So I appreciate- we've talked about him on the podcast probably every yep. single episode. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever once brought up the fact that he passed yeah, away four and, years. And mm-hmm. it was funny because coming down, I actually mentioned that too. And people that don't know, and it's been mentioned, it's obviously Duff's younger brother. And um, I was very curious because I've, you know, not to humble brag, but I've listened to all your episodes prior to. That's a huge fan. Well, oh, thank you. And um, I actually asked Duff, I'm like, is. Aaron's passing a taboo thing, or did it just not come up? And I think that kind of conversation kind of stemmed into now is a good time yeah. if people don't know not only to bring it up, but maybe to you know share some stories. And I always yeah. think. And talk- for the record, I don't know if he told you this or not, but Duff mentioned that several weeks ago that when all you guys are down, that might be a good time to. No, he he, he did yeah. not mention that. No. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I think something that I think again going back to whether. It, well, again, if this is after the Q&I one, I think something that we were very relatable with Aaron with is a uh, love for comedy and a love for busting balls. And I oh, think yeah. four years later, something that we still do to this day, I think more than anyone that gets it now is Aaron because he can't defend himself. Right. Is we will <laughs> bust balls of all of us, including him. And I think that's a good way that we like to keep his memory alive. And we sure. still talk about him like he is here and things like that. So right. not too steal the spotlight from Larry, but I want to open it up to really any stories we have to kind of bring him back and talk about the type of person he is. Still, I like to say he still is because I think in his memory, in our memories, he's still with us. Sure. Well, and that might be like subconsciously also why you guys would talk about him like he's never left because he really hasn't. And it doesn't, it still doesn't make sense to me and it never will ever, yeah. ever, you know, and sucks every day you know i always thought it was cliche when someone would say um not a day goes by that i don't think of you and i'm like well come on yeah but no that's accurate you know we can all yeah but i will i'll let me let me try and think of like a let's get fun let's get fun with while you think of that too not a day goes by that you know you don't just see things or hear things that happen exactly that either you think of him or it's almost like he's hey yo oh yeah and i think that's one of the things i think I'm guilty of maybe being the least sensitive person in terms of making comments. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't about, have feelings. I, I thought uh, I didn't have feelings. About, none. But <laughs> I always say, and someone will say, mention a comment, and I'm like, that's what he would say oh, yeah. about us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a good one to start with is um, last year, his brother, Tony and Matt, they put together a, they sold um, items that kind of had his likeness on it. For the scholarship he has, which again, re- reach out to Randall Banter if you want to contribute to the scholarship. But or you just go to AaronEMastorio.com. 
All right, what a shameless plug that was. Um, shameless plug. And, uh, <laughs> I guess you don't interrupt LaRose. Yeah. Like, he gets, he gets fires sass. right back at yeah. you. Yes. So, uh, somebody get him an edible, please. Yeah. A, a friend of ours who's in the service currently uh, reached out to us, and he bought a bunch of items, which was very generous of him. And he was like, I don't think you understand what this means. Like, if Aaron was still with us, he would talk about how happy, you know, he would say how ha- how much it meant to him that you guys are doing this and how nice it is. And I just started laughing. I'm like, no, he wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, all he would do is make fun of be me. Like, you like, fucking tools. Yeah, be like, oh, you guys are making shirts for me? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's the type of person. Like, you know, for I, I always think of a time, the last time we were in Carolina, and he was coming, um, like, later in the week. They stationed at yeah. Fort Bragg in, yep. in the middle of Carolina. And yeah. he was coming later in the week, and we were having a great time. And I think he came Thursday afternoon. And when we woke up Thursday morning knowing he was coming, there was a different type of, like, buzz in the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And everyone was kind of anticipating, because he brought, you know, so much, ironic use of words, he brought so much life. So much life, so mm-hmm. much energy. Yeah. It was one of the things where we knew he was coming, and we had made up a silly drinking game that we're like, all right, we had to get him to play this, and... Of course, you know, he loved it. Not only did he love it, but the way he was, he took it to like the untainted degree. And he was probably the best at it by yeah. far. <laughs> this was a game of chance. He said, yeah. no, 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 Dubs is the best at it. I guess, oh, really? I, I guess there's no real way to tell who's the best at it, but if there is, it's Duff, just <laughs> yeah. because it's like a game where you drink a lot of gross beers and for some reason he loves it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we digress. So let me go into one of my favorite Aaron stories, speaking of the Outer Banks, and hopefully that inspires another one, was... um. We were in the backyard with his brother, Tony, and it was Aaron, myself, and Tony. And the first day in the Outer Banks was always a blur. We met early. We hadn't seen each other in a while, so we're all, we're all trying to go big right away. And Aaron looks at Tony and myself, and again, Aaron is a very athletic guy, and just says, I think I can do a backflip. <laughs> so we're just like, all right, let's see what happens. So he takes a couple of steps forward and jumps as high as he can and comes down and just buries his shoulder into the ground. And we're just like, oh, man, that looks like it hurt. And he gets up and he's kind of working out his shoulder and stuff. And we're just like, all right. So we have three or four more beers. And at this point, he's borderline cross-eyed. And he looks at Tony and myself and he goes, I know what the problem is. (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, what's that, buddy? And he's like, I didn't put my face down fast enough. (laughs) This is the so, weirdest. Yeah. So Tony says, I'm not sure. And I stop and I'm like, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, we again, we got there on a Saturday. Literally until that Thursday, he had like a road rash just down his face <laughs> because he attempted this backflip and put his face down plenty of time, but still couldn't quite stick the landing. Yeah. And, you know, again, just something he laughed about the entire week. And, you know, it'd be a running joke for him is like, we'd be walking by each other in the house or whatever, and he'd be like, once we do a backflip? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it, I don't think it was the same trip. I think this was the one where there was 30 people in the, in the biggest house, and there was just a huge rainstorm. This was the this was one that was friends of friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. We really didn't know everybody that was mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it was basically a four vacations in one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had one of the residents <laughs> passed out in the, it wasn't me, mm-hmm. passed out in the middle of a storm. In the middle of a hurricane. Yeah. 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 So the yard is just it's all puddles. Yeah. And Aaron just looks, he goes, you want to see a cannonball? <laughs> he just runs and does a cannonball into a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> like, who would think of that? Like, oh, yeah. Why? No. Uh, oh, but yeah. He was also the one that would jump off. There was like a little pool shower, right? Yep. In the, in oh, the yeah. first house we had, it was probably about 
10, 12 feet off the ground into a pool. And, and, and he had to also, clear. Yeah, it was also a, like a There was a lot foot, of cement in yeah, the middle. It was oh, also yeah. an eight-foot leap to get there. And I think Tiff has one of the best pictures of him midair. Uh, making, and of course, he lands. He sticks the oh, landing yeah. perfectly. Not, not like his backflip, but <laughs> when, it was, when he was jumping into a pool, he made it. Yeah, I think the rest of us would have definitely hit the pavement. Oh yeah, he was yeah. doing that all week. He was maybe, jumping maybe off the, the microphone fence. Yeah. The rest of us would hit the pavement, Michael. <laughs> yes. the, the rest of us wouldn't have been able to climb up on the shed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But oh, no, yeah, you like, guys, you guys would climb up on the damn roof. It was four, st- oh, that four was stories high. I was like, yeah. Yeah. no. I think he tried doing it on one of the. No, we did it cro- at the old house off the crow's nest. Yeah. Aaron went up there. Oh yeah, then I probably did too. I did and not. Forty that's or fifty stupid. feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, losing my mind. A yeah. lot of people are like afraid. I'm not really afraid of heights, and I do remember like we were up in the crow's nest talking. The crow's nest is like a, a outdoor deck on the roof of these houses on vacation. I was just sitting on the railing, and we're having a really serious conversation. And Mike and Duff are just looking at me. I'm like, wow, they're really listening to everything I said. And Mike's like, hey, yeah, can you get off that railing before I throw up? <laughs> <laughs> But Another, yeah. like a quick-witted one with, you know, Aaron, who's very quick-witted, was speaking of the roofs, uh, Q, myself, and Aaron were up on mine one day, and we were going to go to actually the, the coffee place <laughs> yeah, that we talked about on the last podcast. And um, Aaron was like, all right, let's get off. And the way he was just so athletic, he basically stepped off the roof and I think floated down to the ground <laughs> and just landed on his feet. <laughs> so he wanted to get his wallet, and I came down. And Q, being the least athletic person we know, Hi. is kind of struggling to get down. So he just comes out and just is like, hey, where's Q? And I'm like, oh, I think he's still. And all you just hear is Q's back hit my porch, just falling <laughs> off the roof. And the hardest hit I've ever seen. And Aaron just looks at the porch and goes, oh, there he is. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I was fine. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. He was never one to be afraid of heights. Uh, no. 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 I think you you guys know the apartment he stayed in when he was down at college, right? Yeah. So it was a, it was a five-story apartment. He was on the fifth story. And I, there was one day where I had to drop off, like, a book to him. So I drive up to the, the like, near where the stairs are. Mm-hmm. And he was was pissed because the elevator had taken too long. So he's just running down the flights of stairs, you know. So he starts at the fifth floor. He gets to the top of the second floor or, get, or the bottom of the second floor and there's a railing that's probably 15, 20 feet in the air. And instead of taking the last flight of stairs to get to the bottom, he just, he sees my car like right out right under this, and he jumps off of this railing. And I like I unbeknownst to me, I can't see him. I just hear this thud next to the car, and he just kind of like gets up right next to the passenger and goes, "Oh, that was a, that was a lot farther than I thought it was." <laughs> I think for the next week, he probably skipped class for the next week because he he just damaged his heels oh, from wait. landing. He told me about that because I bruised my heel bone once, and he's like, oh, let me tell you about yeah, this one time. Tough. He bru- he bruised both of them. Oh, I only bruised God. one. Yeah. I can barely walk. So. Yeah. And he's like, he just looks at me, he's like, I'm taking the elevator upstairs. <laughs> and I think people even knew. So one, one of these OBX trips, which seems to come up a lot, we did a scavenger hunt. And one of the things, it was great. It was Aaron, myself, and basically girlfriends of random people that were on the trip. <laughs> so we're walking down the street, and one of them was find a bird. That was the only thing it was. And um, a friend of ours' wife points to the house and goes, bird. And we're just like, what? And it was a house that's on, like, stilts or whatever. And then it's a one-story house that had a bird up on like the very top of it that had to be a wooden bird that had to be pulled off. 
So we're like, all right. And she looks at Aaron and she's like, that's the bird we need. So Aaron's just like, looks at me and is like, all right, watch my back. <laughs> so like we both go to the stairs and he climbs to the, we don't know if there's anyone home. And he just <laughs> climbs the stair, the stilts, goes on the roof and just pulls the bird off and just tosses it to me. And he's just like, I'll find my way back. <laughs> and then I just, I'm like, all right, well, and we just knew he would. Yeah. So we're like, all right, well, either he's going to be back in the house or in jail, but either way, I got the bird. So that's another point for us. <laughs> he he did have a knack for stealing yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Cheap. Like when I lived with him, all our glassware and silverware was from restaurants. My so house in Webster, oh, same yeah. thing. Like all of our glasses were like, like restaurant yeah. glasses. You want a glass of, you, you want a soda? We only have this scorpion bowl from a <laughs> yeah. Chinese road restaurant. I, you know? I actually had a Miller Lite pitcher <laughs> that he stole from a bar. One of the funnier ones for that was he was good at it. Like he would put it like in a sleeve or what, something like that. And we went out for Tiff's 21st birthday and we had scorpion bowls and, uh, Tiff's like, Aaron, take that scorpion bowl for me. And he's like, I got an idea. So we're sitting there wondering what he's going to do. Is he going to put it in his shirt? Does he have a bag? And he just holds it up in the air and goes, I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> and just walked out the door. <laughs> yeah. No, like Mike said, he was athletic, but really he was just kind of really good at everything. Yeah. You know, like um, there was one time when I lived there and he was working like a night job. And this is when. You know, we'd party well into the evening. So I had people over and we were playing this game called um, Moose. And you had to bounce. You had to yeah. bounce like a quarter. Like there was an ice cube tray propped on, onto a bowl full of beer. Like gross. It, yeah. Like the last sip of everyone's beer. We were disgusting. And you, had to, you had to bounce, a, you had to bounce yeah. a quarter in. And if it got into the ice cube tray, you drank according to the number. But if you the quarter went over and went into the bowl... You all had to put your hands on your head like moose antlers. And the last person to do so had to drink. The bowl. The bowl. The yeah. bowl with the quarter yep. in it and the gross uh, sips and stuff. I've had to drink the bowl before. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was coming home from work and, like, someone hit the bowl. Almost everyone puts their hands up. He walks in, has no idea what's going on, and just puts his hands up. And the person who threw the quarter was the one who lost because we were all like, what was that noise? It was the door opening. He just put his hands up. <laughs> it's like he's not even playing, and he got it. <laughs> what about the time he almost blinded you at my house? Oh, uh, yeah, he felt real bad about that. <laughs> he could um, flick a bottle cap across the room like a bullet. That's like, crazy. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, and... The ironic thing about this party is I was wearing sunglasses the whole time. Now, if you guys don't know, I have one good working eye. <laughs> and so, like, literally, if something happens to that, I'm blind. I can't work. <laughs> um, and I was wearing sunglasses this whole time during the party, and I took them off to clean them. And all I hear is, cue duck. <laughs> and I look up at the last second, and the bottle cap, think of how much space your eye is. <laughs> the bottle cap went right uh. into my bad eye, thank God. But, yeah, it was incredible, and my eye needed <clears throat> antibiotics for yeah. a while. The, now, you guys were at 8 Lowell Street. Uh, the, he had a blow dart gun. Oh, I don't know if yeah. you remember that. This oh, 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 yeah. So yeah. they had, like, you know, those big stupid flies that would get in the house in the summer, and uh, he actually shot one with the blow dart, pinned <laughs> it. He said he... 
He t- right through the middle oh, of yeah. it, and he left it on the wall for like two years. Oh, like, it was longer, longer than two than years. Yeah, okay. the fly kept. And, and we also here's another how we're drunk and stupid. There was one night where we just kept shooting that blow dart at us, and like we're like, let's go for the nipple. Like we would lift our shirts up, oh and like God. I got shot in the nipple with that fucking blowgun. Yeah, that, how, that's that, that's how we survived this pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so Barrett, Barrett, his mom's house used to be on the top floor of like a three decker in Worcester. And that's second floor. And that's where we used to always start to common mistake, you know, drink as kid. That was one of the first places that we always drank as a kid. We Aaron and I would go there and he had a dartboard that was next to two windows. And what Aaron and I would do is be like, oh, Barrett, we're going to play darts. And we would just open the windows up and just hum the darts out the window into like the neighbor's house. And we'd just see if we can get him to stick into their siding. And you did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Several times. Yeah. You almost got my mom evicted. Like, <laughs> just, you guys just about that? that? Aaron almost got your mom evicted. <laughs> so I told it earlier to these guys, whenever I had a party at Mrs. B's house, I was always looking for you or Aaron because it was like, <laughs> if they weren't in my line of vision, if they weren't in the same room, I was like, well, what are they doing? Did, what are they up to? What are they doing did, in the Aaron house? Aaron and I fully dress up once in your fatigues. No, that's you- me and you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you guys can't put these on. He's like, Please don't. Because if anything happens to it, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Yeah. Barrett, can you picture floating around? Can somewhere. we also talk about the nutball game with Aaron? Oh, that you was and a Barrett, great one. you and Hampton. Yeah, no, go ahead. Get in. What well, Hampton Beach? I was like, oh, nutball. That sounds like fun. What is it? And uh-huh. they're like, oh, what you do is you pretty much spread your legs open and we roll balls at each other. What kind of balls were they? You say? I, f- I forget. Was it a so, so far so good? Barrett, with, let me you jump start in. with a tennis ball. Yes. But. <laughs> Aaron used to play well, with different objects. No, well, this is going back. Like Aaron again, good at everything. Barrett. Someone who never gives up. <laughs> That's yeah. how the story yeah. goes. So. I didn't want to lose, but I, but I lost. But, yeah. Yeah. So they're using baseballs. I think there was a football at one point. Ugh. And let's also start where Barrett is almost cross-eyed drunk, and Aaron's buzzed <laughs> and super athletic, and they're across the room, and Barrett's, like, throwing the football, and it's, like, hitting Aaron's shoulder, you know, maybe hit him in the chest. Not the nice. And Aaron has dead-eye aim. <laughs> And he's just putting it right in between Barrett's pills, like every shot. <laughs> and to the point where we're like, dude, you're going to start throwing up blood. And Barrett's like, well, let's go one more round. <laughs> and like, Aaron, I think it stopped. More. I think Aaron just quit and was like, I can't do this to you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite story about Aaron is when I first met him. Right do you down. guys remember Long Island Ice Tea Night? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no? We, we, we've all tried to forget Long yeah. Island Ice Tea Night. We've all blacked out Long yeah. Island. Or, or actually forgot it. Yeah. So do, do we got to paint the picture up. of this? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, Mike was there that night, but we yeah, were dating Yeah, we were all yet. here. Yeah, yeah um, you were in the bathroom helping Gina because she was throwing up. Shout and out to Gina. <laughs> anyone knows me you know i have to pee at all hours of the day <laughs> and aaron helped me pee out the window <laughs> he held my hand he held on like he... a gentleman <laughs> like a gentleman which is crazy because usually when aaron first met a girl he's again they hated him every girl every hated him when he single met him. girl i think except for joanna i, yeah, I think it was a, it wasn't a hatred though it was like a like a fake is like, it weird? flirting May- fake hatred. but uh, like i don't know because like a girl would be in, the, like, he'd be in the middle of a story and a girl would say something and he'd be like, shut up. And then he just, like, continue with it. Just it, like, who the fuck is this guy? Maybe it's a bad way to say it. He treated everybody a little too equally. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would bust the females' balls the same way maybe he would, he would. bust the guys' balls to the point where they would be like, nobody talks like that. They want to sleep with me. But he would, yeah, like, he would also like, he'd piss you off one second and then oh, charm the he pants would win off you. you. Back oh, in like, a second. oh my god, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. incredible. I-